This episode of The Startup Life is sponsored by SaveTheChildren.org. Startup Nation, Save the Children believes every child deserves a future. In the United States and around the world, they work every day to give children a healthy start in life, the opportunity to learn, and protection from harm. They deliver lasting results for millions of children, including those hardest to reach. They do whatever it takes for children every day and in times of crisis, transforming their lives and the future we share. Startup Nation, right now, the coronavirus is the biggest global health crisis in our lifetime. It threatens children in every way. COVID-19 has already left many children without caregivers, out of school and exposed to violence and exploitation. Child poverty is rising. With your support, we can help children in unsafe households and help support distance learning in the face of school closures. Here are some ways your support can make a difference. For just $5, you can buy a baby's first book, providing comfort and inspiring lifelong learning. And for $25, you can serve a nutritious breakfast and lunch to five out-of-school children in need. And there's many other ways you can help support Startup Nation. So go to savethechildren.org slash savekids or www.savethechildren.org forward slash savekids. So if you're ready to make a difference, Startup Nation, remember, savethechildren.org. Make the change for children. This episode of The Startup Life is tucked in nice and tight by Philip Stein and the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet. Startup Nation, getting quality sleep is super important, especially for those of us as entrepreneurs. I know for me, if I don't get enough quality sleep, not only do I not perform well while working in my business or exercising, but also it really affects my mental health and that doubt starts to creep in. And that's the last thing we want as entrepreneurs. Also, with everything going on, good quality sleep is important to repair the body and support a good immune system. And that is why Startup Nation, I wear the Philips Stein Sleep Bracelet. The Philips Stein Sleep Bracelet uses natural frequency technology to reinforce our biomagnetic field to improve deep sleep, length of sleep, and overall sleep quality. This helps produce a healthier heart, regulate weight control, and helps strengthen the immune system, which helps destroy bacteria and viruses. Right now, when you go to philipstein.com, use code SLEEPEZ, and you will get 10% off the entire store. That's promo code SLEEP, capital E, capital Z. So if you are ready to be more productive in leading your business, go with the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet, proven to be natural and safe to give you a better, deeper sleep. Payoff.com sponsors this episode of The Startup Life. Startup Nation, you've tried balance transfers and budgeting, but high interest rates and unrelenting bill cycles make it almost impossible to get out of credit card debt on your own. Instead of another new savings technique, you need a clear path out of debt. And that's what a payoff loan can do. A payoff loan is a personal loan backed by member-centric credit unions designed to help you pay off your credit cards. With rates as low as 5.99% APR and loan amounts up to $35,000 with no hidden fees and personal customer service support from payoff to help you reach your financial goals. Some of the benefits of a payoff loan may also include a personal credit score boost, one monthly payment, and savings from lower interest rates. Go to payoff.com forward slash the startup life to learn more. Checking loan rates won't affect your credit score. And if you listen to the replay on the podcast, the link is there in the show notes. Try something new. Pay off your credit card debt with Payoff. NMLS ID number 1396805. Now all applicants may qualify. 
Loans only available within the United States. Loan is not available in all states. Payoff works with lending partners who originate the loans. Additional terms, conditions, and eligibility requirements may apply. More information is available at payoff.com forward slash the startup life. It's time to be about that life. The startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. And you know, Startup Nation, with everything going on, look, I know it sounds like a broken record here when you're talking about COVID-19 and coronavirus, but that's kind of affecting all of us right now. But going back to what I was saying, as we engage and we start to kind of reopen the economy and go back to work, you know, culture... Uh, and, and team building are super important, probably more important than ever, uh, since that we're going into a crisis and stuff like that. And so uh, how to navigate that is going to be very challenging. But we have a perfect guest for you on the show to kind of help us navigate that. She is a talent and organizational development advisor, coach, strategist, consultant, facilitator, facilitator to fast growing companies. She has worked with Walt Disney Studios, the PGA. Pixar and more. And she is also the founder of Daimler Partners. She is the one and only Melissa Daimler. MD, how's it going? <laughs> wow, that was a great intro. Thank, Thank you. you. Going best. well. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. <laughs> Are you ready to pour some knowledge into Startup Nation today? I am. I'm excited to, to talk with you. All righty, let's do it. So, first thing first, just kind of share with us your origin story, your background. How did you get to this point in your career? Yeah. Uh, there's always the short version and the long version. So sure. I'll try to give you the, the in-between version. That works. Um, I, I would say that, you know, if I look at my career, one of the main themes that has always been there is this very curious nature about how things connect, you know, Absolutely. how, how do you look at the greater system? Mm. And, you know, way back in college, I did, you know, I studied psychology and I did a, a couple of internships working with individuals at a women's resource center. And um, I, I worked at a, a hospital with, with uh, some diabetes patients. And I always was asking questions around, you know, how did we get here? You know, mm -hmm. how do we make sure that we can get underneath some of these issues and look at the more systemic issue? How do we make sure that you don't ever get diabetes? How do we make sure that, you know, these women never get put in this kind of situation again? And right. what are, what are the different ways and levers that we can, you know, kind of help our greater system so that these individuals don't get to where they are today. And so I've always had this passion to, you know, help those individuals certainly, but have realized that how we're going to help them is if we're also not just focused on their own kind of individual development and growth, but the, you know, kind of organizational or, or um, systems perspective gotcha. that play plays into that. And so I think that has always uh, driven me to, to have more of an organizational development perspective. I, um, I was one of, you know, before everybody else in the world became a coach, I was right. an executive coach. Right. And even, you know, back then I started, as I talked to CEOs and executives, 
there again found that it wasn't, we were talking about their issues and things that were getting in their way and also trying to figure out what other levers um, they could uh, uh, take advantage of in, in the system or um, get help from, you know? So usually it wasn't just about that individual person, but you know, how are you doing on your team? You know, how is the team supporting you or not supporting you? How are you communicating? What are the processes you have in place in your organization and how is that helping or hurting you? So there was, there was always this kind of, um, uh, balance or integration, if you will, between this individual and organizational development. And I, you know, my career has been, um, I've been lucky, you know, to work at some really fantastic companies. Uh, you know, I, I cut my teeth in HR at Adobe and, um, and really am grateful for that experience and was able to, you know, uh, be an HR business partner for just about every, uh, function there. So understood kind of, what it was to um, be on the front lines with the leaders and not not so much as push things out to them and push push initiatives or push trainings, but really ask questions around, you know, what problems are you trying to solve? You know, how what what do you need in your business and how do how can we help from you know, uh, a, a people and systems perspective. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. And I, I appreciate you sharing that because I imagine being very good at HR and what you do, and you, you hit this on the head really about asking those great questions and listening. Kind of, if, mm. you, if you don't mind me asking a quick follow-up, talk about the importance of those two things, asking those good questions and listening, as opposed to these are the policies and procedures. This is what you're supposed to do. Kind of talk about that a little oh bit. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Um, I, it's funny. I get asked a lot, like, what are, what are the skills that you think makes a good leader? What are some of the skills we should be thinking about in our organizations now? And one of those skills I believe is coaching and coaching really is, as you said, all about asking good questions right. and listening um, and so, you know, I think often a lot of myself included, you know, a lot of what we think is the issue isn't. <laughs> so, mm, you know, a lot enough. of leaders, you know, when, especially when I, I worked inside at, uh, companies would come to me and say, oh gosh, I think it's a communication problem or, you know, gosh, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not managing my time well. And if you ask, if you take the time to ask those questions, you can get underneath and probably realize that it's, it's not really a communication issue. It's, it's some other, uh, something else is going on. It could be a team dynamic. It could be maybe somebody's just nervous talking with you. It it could be a number of different things, but being willing to ask questions and then listening, not to say something, but to actually listen to what that person has to say um, actively is such an important skill. And so often, you know, especially in these, um, fast growing companies, you have so many first time managers, uh, who, who have been rewarded really their entire career so far in having the answer. And they are so afraid to, when we talk about coaching and the importance of asking questions, they, you know, they get nervous and say, you know, the reason I'm in this management role is because I am the expert. I should have the answer. 
And they, uh, you know, and then we have them go practice and come back and they're always shocked at how different those conversations are when they not only ask the question, but, but they listened. And, you know, it was, it's, it, it was fascinating to me that, you know, so many, so many times they would say they had a better answer than me. Like when I've had this situation before, you know, I don't think I handled it as, as well as they did. And I was just able to support them as a manager in, in asking uh, the kind of questions that they weren't asking themselves. So I think it is, it is a skill that, you know, continues to be something that I, I mean, I'll work on for the rest of my life. Right. Um, and I think so many companies and, and leaders realize that um, it's, it's a, a skill that is, is needed, especially now right. um, with, with what's going on in the world. I think we, we, uh, none of us know the answers. <laughs> none right. of us, we are all making this up. This, this is, this is, is a playbook that has never been written. This is definitely uncharted uh, territory. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that's the other thing. It's like, I think people and, and leaders especially think that they shouldn't go out and communicate unless they have the answer. And that's just not true. And that's, you're not, that's, you can't exist now if you have that kind of attitude. And so, you know, asking questions and um, learning from other companies and learning from other leaders and, and trying to kind of figure this out together is, um, you know, such a great context for what we're talking about in terms of asking questions. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I want to ask a follow up, but I don't want to ask just yet because I think we're going to get into the meat of the conversation as far as what we're experiencing right now. Uh, with COVID-19. So I'm going to, I'm going to circle back to what I was going to ask about that. Cause you talked about uh, how leaders are, you know, kind of seen as, you know, want to be seen as experts, but now we're in a point where you know, nobody has answers. So I'm going to circle back to that. So before we kind of dive into everything else, kind of share with us, what's your new normal been, Melissa, how from working from your personal life, how has, you know, what we're experiencing right now kind of change things that you've been experiencing? Yeah. Um, so I'm in San Francisco, right? So, um, you know, we, we've definitely been on, on lockdown. I don't even know what day it is. Um, (laughs) I I think we're on day 56 or, you know, I have have friends who are counting. (laughs) I was going to ask you to have the tick marks on the wall or anything like that. Uh, no, (laughs) no. And I'm, you know, and I know a lot of people say this, I mean, I'm one of the lucky ones, you know, I, I, um, uh, I, uh, my husband and I are, are both working at home and, mm-hmm. um, he has as a business that, that, um, you know, is still, still turning along. And, you know, I think the, the conversations have shifted in, in my own business. I mean, I think I, um, you know, definitely in the last couple of months have been talking with more leaders around, you know, what, all the different scenarios that they could do. Um, where do we cut costs? Uh, what's our runway? How do we not do a layoff? If we're doing a layoff, which a couple of my clients unfortunately had to, you know, how do we do that in the most humane way, you know, mm. consistent with our values? You know, how do we make sure that we, you know, have dignity and respect when um, we're thinking about uh, our employees? Because this is unlike, 
2008. It's unlike right. 9-11. Right. It's unlike anything I've ever experienced because it's, you know, it's this health crisis on top of an economic crisis. Right. And many people who are being laid off now may not be able to get a job for a long time. And so how do we think through what that looks like? You know, how much severance can we give? Can we give extended benefits? You know, so um, conversations have shifted a little bit around that. Um, I would say that, you know, I thought some of the culture work that I, that I was doing that I know we're going to get into was going to be on pause. But in fact, you know, a lot of the CEOs, um, even this week that I've talked to have said, you know, I can't think of a better time to be focused on this because mm, it's, it's enough. actually the one thing we can control. Right. Um, and we want to just be ahead of that and be able to be more intentional in, in, in driving that and in um, leading how, how we're working, not just what we're focused on. I hear that. So lots more there. I mean, I think from a personal level, you know, again, feel very um, lucky. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely exploring uh, online workouts like I never have before. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. How's that going? Who knew that world was so big? Right. Oh, um, yeah. When you talk yeah, about the Peloton yeah. and the beach body and all that great stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Peloton Absolutely. has amazing classes, daily burn, mm, um, right. sauna yoga. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm working out more than I have in a, in a long time. Peloton, you can send uh, that check to one, three, three. No, I'm just playing. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm coaching a lot of my clients on this sure. and I'm, I'm getting a lot of support from, from my colleagues and, and friends too. I think there are days where, um, it just feels heavy, you know, and gotcha. I'm not as focused and I'm doing a lot more writing, I'm doing fun things like this with you. Um, but there are days where it's just, it's hard to, to concentrate. And I, um, I have a mom who's in an assisted living home. So, mm. uh, you know, able to kind of zoom with her a few times a week, but you know, my, my brother and sister and I are all concerned, you For know, sure. that, Absolutely. um, that they're doing everything they can. So, um, yeah, I, I great support system and, um, trying to give myself, a little bit of a break and in, in lowering the expectations, which is, again, is what I'm coaching a lot of people on right now. It's just, um, it's, it's heavy. And, uh, I don't think we're able to be as productive as, as we were before, nor should we expect ourselves to be. For sure. And, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because you're absolutely right. There are many people with, you know, with, you know, with this, you know, coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, like they're having that mental block because mm -hmm. of this where, you know, where they have, you know, there's all this other stuff that, you know, that just kind of comes to the forefront that not necessarily you took for granted, but you just kind of didn't really think about like, oh, my, I didn't really think about that part. So quick follow up, because when you talk about working through that part and trying to still be productive, how do you work through that part? You personally, like, what do you do? Are there mm -hmm. like a reset that you do? And, and if it is like, what does that look like? So, cause I know a lot of people in startup nation are, are going through that same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think zoom burnout is real. Okay. Fair <laughs> like, enough. Fair enough. Uh, I think um, there's been a lot of conversations recently uh, on, you know, kind of, video and, and zoom. And one of the things I know I'm doing, um, and a lot of 
leaders are doing as well is really thinking through, you know, does every conversation have to be video? You know, can we do a walk and talk and walk outside or, um, do we, you know, I, I think people are kind of rethinking their days. Um, you know, I, I do try to, uh, stagger my day in between. I don't, I, I have learned the hard way, um, not to have back-to-back meetings. You know, mm-hmm. I just, uh, I, I wrote a piece on this when I was at Twitter and, right. you know, I, I used to think that it was, uh, a sign of, of being really important, uh, when I was busy. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think it was more of a sign that I just, I don't, have my stuff together. You know, I just, I'm, I'm more frenzied. We have a, um, I remember one of our leaders, uh, at, at Twitter, um, he made sure to have, you know, a couple of hours a day just on kind of forward thinking time, you know, strategic time space. And it was, is you could tell, I mean, he was more grounded. He, you know, he did listen to you when you were in meetings. He wasn't you know, he, he made sure people weren't on email uh, when they were, whenever they had a team meeting. Um, so I think the design of our days is is really important and um, making sure that, you know, we're not expecting ourselves to, to maybe be as productive as we did before all of this, putting in some time to connect with people just informally, um, you know, friends, family doing whatever you can from a mental health standpoint. I'm a big fan of, of meditation. I use calm, uh, the app, uh, in the morning and sometimes using it now in the afternoon. Uh, but just, you know, doing whatever you can in the morning to, to ground yourself and, um, uh, you know, set up your day. So, you know, mental and physical fitness for me has always been, uh, huge. So I think doubling down on that, um, is good. And, uh, sleeping. You know, I know a lot of people who just are not sleeping right now because they have anxiety about the future. And so, um, I think that's an important component as well. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, there's a whole number of things that, that, you know, I could talk about in terms of, um, burnout and the redesign of, of your days. I think a lot of companies, I don't know if you saw, but Twitter just announced yesterday that, uh, they're, they're forever going to allow employees uh, to work from home right, if they I want did to. See that yes, uh, I was actually going to ask yeah. you about that a little bit later, but yes, I did. Oh, see that okay. Sure. Should we wait? No, no, no. It's okay. all good. Go ahead, dive, <laughs> go ahead and dive into it. I, I'm, I'm following you. You go right ahead. Okay. I just I, my whole thing with what's happening now is I, I think it's similar to um, what we did in the learning space years ago with e-learning. I think gotcha. we went from one extreme to another where we had everybody kind of have these live uh, training experience experiences in person. And then we went, you know, 180 to the other side of, Oh my gosh, you know, this virtual thing is pretty cool. Like right. I, you know, online e-learning, let's do it. Anybody in the world. And then we realized, Oh, actually the in-person experiences have this kind of connection that you can't have over video even. And so how do we have more of this blended approach? And I think, you know, that's what I'm coaching a lot of companies on now is they're thinking about 
return, I'll, I'll say return to office. Cause I think we, it's not return to work cause we're all working our butts off, but um, you know, what, what kind of uh, it, it's more of this intention, again, going back to questions, more of this intentional design, you know, p- when people are in the office, what kind of meetings should we be having? You know, should we have certain days where team meetings happen? Mm. Um, if there are in-person experiences that help uh, companies connect from a cultural standpoint, like the all hands meeting, do we want some people in the office for that? Or is it okay for some people to work from home? And so I, you know, I think we are conflating a little bit, you know, working from home with flexibility. And I, you know, I know, a lot of people are liking the flexibility. They're not necessarily liking the idea of working from home right. all the time. You know, they're actually missing some of those components at work. And I have, uh, you know, many clients and friends who um, are also trying to be teachers to their kids and, right. you know, managing that whole component as well. And so there's um, just a, a lot of complexity uh, that, you know, we, we didn't appreciate about working from home that I, I think people are dealing with right now. Gotcha. Thank you for, for sharing that for sure. So, I want to ask you this in regard to the, you know, uh, Jack Dorsey announcing what he announced with Twitter employees and stuff like that. How do you maintain that culture, you know, with, you know, people working from home, you know, and permanently or wherever the case may be, what does that look like? Um, yeah, I mean, this goes back to, you know, my whole definition of culture. You know, okay. I, I, I think, I think that for so long we have defined culture as this kind of soft thing that happens over time, or it's something that, uh, it's, it's what people do when the manager is not in the room right. or it's, it's the perks, it's the cereal, it's the hint water. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that, you know, I, I think that if you're, you're defining an intentional culture, there are ways to operationalize it on a, on a daily basis, just like you would with your strategy. You know, I think it's, a combination of uh, defining your values and then what are the behaviors that uh, are exemplifying those values? Uh, and then what are all the people processes and the practices that uh, you can embed those behaviors into? So everything from how you hire an interview to how you give feedback to how you promote people, mm. to how you recognize people. Right. Um, and, you know, from a practice standpoint, those are things like meetings and uh, uh, how you make decisions and how you communicate. So I, I think if we're talking about that kind of definition of culture, you know, what you can work from anywhere, you know, if, if, if it's clear of, you know, what kind of, um, behaviors, if you will, that, that we're expecting from everybody, um, you can, you can express those behaviors and, um, and see how those behaviors are showing up in the processes and practices, again, whether you're working from home or, um, from an office. And then, you know, I would say, you know, I I think a lot of people are trying to figure out how do you almost replicate those, um, informal kind of meetings like the 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 times you meet people in the kitchen or in the hallway or 
you know, you can't have a happy hour anymore in person. So do you do, you do a virtual happy hour? I know some companies are, um, setting up, uh, um, you know, kind of random lunches, you know, let's all eat together. Everything doesn't have to be a meeting. Right. Um, but I, but again, I, I think we just, again, have to be careful of that too, because I, um, there was a report I just read recently where people are, are, um, spending about 20% more time working because so many companies are wanting to bring people together in these zoom meetings more than usual. Um, whether it's formal meetings or these, these informal kind of meetings and, um, people are just feeling, uh, the impact of that. You know, one of my, um, clients said, you know, she sits her butt down at 7am and then before she knows it, it's eight, eight o'clock at night, you know, she's doing some personal things in between, but it's just, it's non nonstop. Gotcha. So that was a long answer. For sure. No, 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 no. It's a long answer, but it's important one. Cause I imagine that, you know, it's, you know, it's new territory, right. You know, for Mm -hmm. the longest times, Mm Uh, you know, a lot of organizations and companies were saying that, like, look, you know, I know you would like to work from home, but right now we don't have the infrastructure in place to do that. Or I don't think we will be as productive as we are coming into the office. And so now since we've been forced to kind of, I don't know, say experience, you know, experiment, but we're kind of forced to kind of do this now. I imagine that, you know, there's a little there's a few not necessarily hiccups, but like rough patches to kind of smooth out as we figure out how to work from home, that balance between, you know, uh, work and meetings and things of that nature. So I I thought it was an interesting take that you gave. Well, I, and I love, I mean, Twitter, I mean, they do so many things. I'm biased, but they do a lot of things, right. Uh, You know, when this thing first happened, everybody's working at home. I think they gave an allowance. I think it was a thousand dollars per person um, for everybody just to get set up, you know, so to, to buy whatever you need to buy at home and, and to accommodate for that, you know, so there's that, that piece too. I mean, there's some costs, upfront costs to make sure people have what they need. Um, But, but yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I, I, what's funny about all of this is I, I think that a lot of what we were supposed to do um, from a, a cultural and strategic standpoint is just getting amplified, you know? So, so, uh, one of my colleagues the other day, she's like, gosh, you know, my, um, I'm getting extra clear now with my employees on what it is they're accountable for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always done that, but I'm being even more focused on that now. So there's clarity in a way that maybe I wasn't as clear before. And because you can't see people. Right. And so you can't just pop in to their, you know, to their by their desk or into their office. And so we always have said, right, like best practice is you lay out a strategy, you have quarterly goals, you check in on those goals on a weekly basis. But I think, you know, again, now all of those practices that we know um, serve us uh, well in having us be more productive and effective. Um, you have to, you, you have to, to, to do that now 
Um, right. Even more so. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. So now mm-hmm. we're going to circle back to that follow up question, because now we're kind of in the thick of, you know, COVID-19, uh, our conversation mm-hmm. and how to discuss, you know, navigate all this. So, you know, we were you were saying earlier about how we don't know all the answer. We're just kind of in char- uncharted territory. This literally looks like it comes under the script from a movie. Right. How we're trying to navigate this. Right. Yeah. So as a leader, once again, we're talking to Melissa Daimler, the founder of Daimler Partners, as a leader and executive coach, how do you navigate this new normal without having all the answers? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that I'm seeing, which I'm loving, is Mm -hmm. a lot of leaders are leveraging each other. Um, So you there's a, a group I'm part of here where it's a number of um, HR leaders who are it's about a uh, hundred of them and they're online emailing um, coming together for, for different events and just asking questions. You know, when are you going back to the office? What are you thinking about? What are some of the safety mechanisms that you're putting in place? How are you reconfiguring the office? Um, what are you, what are you doing with your uh, uh, security team, your workplace team? Um, you know, so I think people are, um, leveraging more of their community than I've ever seen before. You know, Mm -hmm. we're not, there's not this, uh, and in Silicon Valley and in a lot of high tech, I, there's not a lot of this anyway. I think, um, I've always experienced people being open and I've always been open about best practices, you know, here's what worked for us, but I'm seeing it even more so now. So that, that's been, um, uh, just really almost moving, you know, to see, uh, even, even the rifts that have happened, you know, the, the, we've had not so good ones, um, happen here and, you know, people who have shown up on, uh, zoom calls thinking that it was an all hands meeting and told that there, you know, it was hundred person call and being told that they were being laid off. It's just not the way to do it. Right. And so, you know, how do you, what are some best practices? What are some uh, communication timelines? What are some talking points uh, that, that you had for, for your layoff that I can now leverage to make sure we're also taking care of, of our employees. So just a lot more kind of community orientation that is happening. And I, I would say even at an executive level, you know, some of the CEOs that I'm, that I'm working with are, reaching out to, to colleagues, um, and, you know, their fellow CEOs in ways that I've never seen before asking questions and, you know, kind of thinking through how they would work through situations. So, um, I think that's, that's a lot of it. Um, but I, I, I think first and foremost, everybody's just trying to figure out how we follow, uh, whatever is mandated, you know, and safe, uh, by, by state, uh, and then, you know, after the safety piece is, is kind of done and, and we have that foundation in place, um, asking the employees too. So going back to questions, um, there's a lot of surveys that are being done, uh, gotcha. within companies now just on, Hey, how's it going? You know, what do you need? Um, are we communicating enough? If we did go back to the office, what are you most concerned about? Even, mm. even employees who are, um, feeling okay about going back to the office, but not necessarily feeling okay about public transportation 
uh, that they need to take in order to get to the office. So companies are thinking through that too. Like, huh, okay. Do we need to have an allowance, um, to have a car pick them up? And, um, what does that look like? Uh, are they going back to the days that when they, they, we want them to be at work for certain reasons. Can we coordinate that with other teams? Right. So, you know, it's, I, I think there's leader to leader conversations going on and then there's um, leaders with the employees themselves. You know, we don't have the answers. What do you guys need? And again, it's, you know, this is a practice that has been around for a long time and the companies that have the good cultures have been doing this for, for a long time. And um, I think the ones that haven't been listening as much and asking the questions are starting to realize that, you know, they don't have to have all the answers. And in fact, they can just ask their employees and, you know, they can figure out kind of a win-win plan together. All right, Startup Nation. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson and you're listening to The Startup Life. This episode of The Startup Life is tucked in nice and tight by Philip Stein and the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet. Startup Nation, getting quality sleep is super important, especially for those of us as entrepreneurs. I know for me, if I don't get enough quality sleep, not only do I not perform well while working in my business or exercising, but also it really affects my mental health and that doubt starts to creep in. And that's the last thing we want as entrepreneurs. Also, with everything going on, good quality sleep is important to repair the body and support a good immune system. And that is why Startup Nation, I wear the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet. The Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet uses natural frequency technology to reinforce our biomagnetic field to improve deep sleep, length of sleep, and overall sleep quality. This helps produce a healthier heart, regulate weight control, and helps strengthen the immune system, which helps destroy bacteria and viruses. Right now, when you go to philipstein.com, use code SLEEPEZ, and you will get 10% off the entire store. That's promo code SLEEP, capital E, capital Z. So if you are ready to be more productive in leading your business, go with the Philip Stein Sleep Bracelet, proven to be natural and safe to give you a better, deeper sleep. Support for The Startup Life is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Startup Nation, personal grooming is super important, not only from a hygiene standpoint, but also from a confidence one as well. And that is why you need to have a tight haircut and, well, a nice groomed undercarriage as well. And when doing that, you don't want to use the same razor, do you? That's just absurd. And this is why our friends at Manscaped have given you another option. Introducing the all-new Lawnmower 3.0 by Manscaped. This lightweight and waterproof razor features precision engineered blades for safe trimming in sensitive areas and a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Ladies, Father's Day is just around the corner and this will make a perfect gift for that guy on the go. Use code the Startup Life in all caps for 20% off and free shipping on your brand new Lawnmower 3.0 at manscaped.com. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you're listening to the replay on the podcast. And while you're there, be sure to check out all the other products from manscaped.com as well so for proper manscaping without the fear of hurting anything go with manscaped trust me your family of jewels will thank you all right startup nation welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on the startup life 
I want to ask you this once again, you know, your executive coach and leader. And as we start to slowly uh, reopen the economy in certain parts of the country, uh, we'll kind of dive into that a little bit later. Uh, but as we start to reopen the economies in, in certain parts of the country, uh, for instance, I'm here uh, in the Memphis metropolitan area. So I'm in a tri-state area. We have mi- mm. uh, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Arkansas, right? Mm. So a, a lot of places are reopening. And I want to ask you this. Let's say I have an employee. And we're talking about like you know our essential workers, people who actually have to go into a physical uh, brick and mortar store or whatever case may be to actually do their work. Let's say I, I come back to work the first day uh, that we reopen, right? I'm an employee there. But as we reopen, not everybody comes back at the same time, which means that's more stress mm-hmm. on me. There's more work on me because I have to make up for whoever's not there. Let's say, right. let's say two weeks later, everybody starts to come back. So I imagine only naturally there's a little bit of resentment between the people who were there day one and the people who are there uh, two weeks later. As a leader, how do you manage like that kind of, you know, dynamic, if you will, where you have people who are maybe there's like, you know, a little bit of bickering. There's a little bit of like, you know, a little shade thrown here and there and meetings and stuff like that. (laughs) You know, as a leader of of a or or of a brick and mortar store like that, what's the approach there? Because I imagine some people are kind of going through that right now. Yeah. I mean, are are you talking about uh some people get to still work from home while other people have to go into the office. So like, let's say I, uh, let's say for, you know, and I'm just going to give a real world example here. Let's say yeah. I, you know, work at a grocery store and I go mm-hmm. back day one, right? Day one, I'm back in the, I'm back there, you know, stocking, you know, cashiering, whatever it is that I do. Right. And let's say there was somebody who was, you know, who didn't want to come back to work just then. Right. And they don't come back until two weeks later. And so now the person who comes back Mm. two weeks later, you know, is, you know, well, I'm sorry, the person who was there day one, uh, it has a little bit of resentment towards the person Mm -hmm. who comes back two weeks later. And so as a a leader, you have to kind of manage that. So I guess I'm curious, what are some of those strategies look like? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I I think, you know, if you don't, if you come to work, you're getting paid. Right. Right. For sure. For sure. Right. (laughs) Um, You know, so obviously uh, they're, they're getting a paycheck and, and, and getting money there. Right. I think, I, I think one of the leaders job jobs right now is to provide context as as much as possible. Um, And I I think that's always important, but just to remind people that, you know, and even, even set that whole situation up that, you know, Hey, I'm aware that you're coming in right now. Um, Some of your teammates are coming in uh, a couple of weeks later because they have circumstances that, you know, don't allow them to come in now. Um, But, you know, here's what I'm going to do for you. Uh, besides pay you, I don't know, um, uh, if, if there's an additional bonus or if there's, there's gotcha. some, some kind of recognition that can be done on, on top of that. But gotcha. I, I, I think oftentimes why there is, uh, stress on a team or, you know, there's, um, dynamics that, that aren't so positive right. is because there's a lot of assumptions that are made and people aren't clear or, or think it's fair that somebody else gets this and I only get this. Mm. 
And, you know, I, I, I think if a leader can be really clear about, you know, look, here's, here's how I'm going about, uh, thinking this, this back to store, back to office plan, it's going to be staggered. Here's why. Um, you know, I'm not having everybody come back at once because I don't think that's safe for anybody. Um, here's why I picked you to come at this time. Here's why, you know, so it's just, it's kind of, it's treating them like adults, you know, and that, and that we're, there is a context and a reason that, that we're doing this. Hopefully, hopefully you have a reason for that. Um, and over communicating because we all know. When you don't communicate and you don't give that context, people make stuff up. <laughs> it's usually a lot. It's usually a lot worse than what the reality is, <laughs> right. you know. Yeah, so, but... um, so yeah, I just I, I I think people want to be brought along to gotcha. you know to and with your decision making process and treated like adults and treated like they're part of the solution. Absolutely. Um. You know, even if you said in that case, like, here's what I'm thinking, you know, I think it should be staggered. I think, you know, it sounds like you can go back here. Does that make sense? You know, is there anything that doesn't work for you in that? Do you want a shorter shift, you know, or should I be thinking some people should come back sooner, but maybe, maybe we all have shorter shifts. I don't know, you know, so. Gotcha. No, I, I I appreciate that. But that that part you talked about, that buy-in being part of the solution, I think that's super mm-hmm. important. You know, mm-hmm. you know, because I think a lot of times, and you're so right. You know, if you're not, if they don't feel part of the solution, they kind of fill in those gaps, fill in that story themselves, <laughs> and it's right. nowhere near the actual truth a lot of times, right? So, yeah. 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 I, I definitely appreciate you sharing that for sure. So we were talking earlier about how like you know i'm here uh in the memphis metropolitan area you're there uh in san francisco and california and clearly both of our states have different approaches to how we're reopening the economy and stuff like that i know california has decided to kind of you know stick with the stay at home uh measure mm-hmm. as opposed to tennessee here we're kind of slowly in the phase one of reopening and stuff mm-hmm. like that and so i'm curious about this and this is just strictly from a culture standpoint not to get any social issues or political you know you know things or whatever the case may be yeah I, i'm curious as to your commentary on do you think as we navigate this COVID-19 reopening economy, does the United States as a self have a culture problem as a, you know, as it relates to how we're reopening? Because like I said, California, Washington state are doing one thing, you know, here in the South and Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi, we're doing something a little bit different. So do we have a culture issue as we relate to COVID-19? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't know how we can't get into politics with this. No, you can be as frank as possible. That's my, uh, like we at the show, we try to stay as political, but you can be as, as, as frank as you want. Yeah. I mean, I, I do. So if I look at this from an organizational standpoint, I, I, I think part of, part of what makes a good culture is being clear about uh, and consistent with how you're working. You know, there's a, there's a consistent approach to how people get recognized, how people get feedback, how people get promoted. You know, I feel safe because I know that person got promoted because they not only, uh, killed it on their results, what they were supposed to do, but how they did it was consistent with one of our values around uh, being a team player. 
And so, you know, different than, you know, that person got promoted. They're not as experienced as me. They didn't meet their results or maybe they did, but how they did it was, you know, they steamrolled people. Like they weren't a team player. Like that's, that's just not consistent with, I think what, what we said we're all about as a company. So I think just overall as a, as a, a general principle, the reason, you know, I'm, I'm um, so, so biased for having these processes and practices in place consistent with your right. behaviors is because I think it provides this, this anchor and this sense of uh, stability and, and safety with, with employees because they understand um, uh, how to navigate, how to operate. That being said, I, I think, you know, with within those constraints, um, there is this sense of freedom because you know kind of what the guardrails are. And there may be a, a slightly different approach that, you know, an engineering function uh, wants to take, or maybe an engineering function wants to reward um, other things besides what we're rewarding as an organization from a values and behavior standpoint. That's okay. You know, I think there's, there's some functional things that I think are great for, for teams to do just based on um, what that team needs and, and, and what, what that team wants to do. So I, I would say the same for if we think about um, what's happening uh, across the U.S., I, I think it's unfortunate that we don't have a more consistent approach. Right. I think there needs to be um, a more consistent way that we're thinking about uh, addressing this virus. And, right. you know, there's considerations uh, that should be made. You know, I, I think the question is always, uh, you know, really we're, we're over rotating on, being defensive from a health perspective mm, right. and not considering how much this is damaging our economy, gotcha. which is, which is fair. Um, but I think that uh, those should be also planful, you know, should there be different approaches for um, some of the manufacturing companies, you know, uh, Elon Musk is in the news right now with, right. with Tesla saying, you know, I'm in California, but, my gosh, you know, I, my competitors in Michigan are opening up and, and I can't, you know, right. so, you know, there's, there should be some kind of um, conversation with, with similar kind of industries that are happening right. um, that, that, you know, one. you know, like taking an approach where, you know, how are you, what are this again, asking questions, like what, what are some of the safety precautions you're taking? How are you guys bringing people back to work into, into the factories. What have you found that has worked? And so in that, in that case, you know, can we, can we kind of take an approach that, that goes across state lines and just focus more on industry specific Mm. standards? Um, But I think at a, at a, a meta level, there should be, you know, kind of ideally a team managing kind of what should be consistent across and then, where do we make exceptions based on not just our health, but our economy? So I, but we, we don't have that kind of, we don't have that federal, you know, we, we, we talk a lot uh, in an organizational level, like right. federal state, even, you know, right. like what are kind of the federal um, processes and ways of working that 
are not going to go away that that there's you know we we have to all follow and then where can we be a little more flexible based on the needs of that state or that function um but there there's a leadership body that's managing that right, right. um we don't we don't have a leadership body managing that right now gotcha Gotcha. Thank you for sharing all of that. I didn't even think about that mm-hmm. example you gave with uh, Elon Musk and him being in California mm-hmm. with Tesla as opposed to yeah. uh, the big three there in Michigan. You're absolutely right. I didn't even think about that, but you're absolutely right about that. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing all of that mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Startup Nation, when you go to MelissaDaimler.com, you get to l- read a little bit more about uh, Melissa and the work that she does at Daimler Partners. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you're listening to the replay uh, on the podcast where she has, you know, team building uh, workshops, you know, for the individual, for the team, for the organization. So if that's something that you're looking into, uh, definitely uh, give her a shout. Once again, we have a link there uh, in the show notes for easy access. Melissa, I was looking at your website and I saw that, you know, you have, you know, your values, right? You have health, adventure, design, and humor. I'm curious about, like, when you have your <laughs> workshops, how do you, you know, kind of implement the humor part? Like, do you, are you cracking jokes? Are they like, well, <laughs> are they off the cuff? Like, what's your, what's your, what's your comedic style there? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so good. Um, I probably think I'm funnier than other people. No, I don't. Um, I, you know, I do, I'm, you can ask anybody who's been on my team. I, I like uh, a little bit of levity. Gotcha. At work. Okay. Um, I, I think we take ourselves too seriously. Mm. So, you know, just lightening things up and uh, having some fun. I am such a big fan of comedians. I, I think they're some of the most brilliant people <laughs> uh, in this world. Um, yeah, like like Seinfeld. Like I just watched his special recently. Gotcha. And, you know, the he's just masterful yeah. at um, some of the basic skills that I think every leader should have, you know, being present, being able to kind of be in the moment and pivot really quickly in a conversation. Right. Storyteller, like mm. such a good storyteller. Um, Dick Costello at, at Twitter, you know, our CEO there, right. he came from an Im- improv background. Oh, okay. And I just think it was such a good set of skills when, you know, he'd be talking to the company and, and telling uh, stories about uh, our customers and you know what we're doing as a, a leadership team and and what he what he uh, saw that week that that really resonated with our values and and was aligned and so um, yeah I just think there there's a lot to uh, humor and um, improv and kind of having this lighter nature to, to ourselves as, as leaders and as, as human beings, I've taken improv classes. I've taken, um, you know, uh, I started to take some, some comedy classes, but I, I think it's hard because you have to be, you also have to just be really vulnerable. Right. Um, and, and really open. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, sometimes a scary thing to do for sure. And it's funny you mentioned that. Like when we talk about some, of you know, I know we're getting a little subject here, but I, I I'm, I'm with you. I love, you know, uh, a, a, the comedian's brain and how they think and stuff like that, but you're absolutely right. They have to be vulnerable and you make, it makes you think about some of the most successful ones, 
uh, that unfortunately are no longer with us, like a Chris Farley, like a Robin Williams, mm-hmm. and how how you know vulnerable they are with certain things and stuff like that. So no, I definitely understand that. And as a, a fan of uh, Brene Brown, how about you know speaking about how vulnerability is your power? Mm-hmm. I definitely, yes. I definitely understand. Uh, all of that of what you're saying for sure. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and she's funny. Oh yeah, she's hilarious. <laughs> she is hilarious. You know, talking about Netflix special, I saw hers yeah. as well. It was pretty good. Hey, Startup Nation. So today's content ran a bit over, and I don't want to get in trouble with my radio partners. So go to the startuplifepodcast.com and catch the bonus content from today's episode. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. If you want to let us know what you think about our show have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There you will find the all-new startup blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.